Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to Sports Time Machine here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Anna Kugadakis, and each week we head down memory lane as I take you back in time and remember some of the greatest moments in sports history. No flux capacitor needed. All you need to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Over many generations, the first day of baseball has produced some of the most incredible and iconic moments in sports. Originally, I was planning on debuting this show on the first day of the new baseball season back on March 26th, but then a little something called COVID-19 turned the world completely upside down. At this point, many of us are just trying to cope, stay healthy, and even remember what day it is. But baseball is officially back, just not in the normal sense. As of now, when this show is recorded, Major League Baseball will play 60 regular season games starting on July 23rd, and the season will end on September 27th. Now, there are quite a few rule changes, for instance, the big one being the addition of the designated hitter in the National League. Though initially the DH for the 2020 and 2021 season was part of a proposal that was rejected by the players, The change is part of the 2020 health and safety protocols in an effort to not overtax pitchers because of the shortened summer camp. Players, coaches, and staff will be tested for COVID-19 every other day. Players will receive temperature checks and symptom checks twice a day. We'll see lots of social distancing on and off the field. Non-playing personnel must wear masks in the dugout and the bullpen at all times. There's no celebratory contact like high fives, fist bumps, and hugs. Also added to the rules, no spitting, no chewing tobacco, and sunflower seeds are all out. Baseballs will be thrown out after being touched by multiple players, and fights are strictly prohibited. That's not even all the rules, but I think you get the gist. While this season will certainly go down in history for obvious reasons, there have been so many incredible opening day moments, and today... We'll relive those great memories and hope this season will be remembered for more than just the pandemic. With that, let's head back in time for a look at the most memorable opening days in baseball history. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. We start on April 14, 1910. For more than a century, the President of the United States has thrown out the ceremonial first pitch to mark the initial home game of the baseball season. President William Howard Taft, a well-known baseball fan, attended the Washington Senators' opener against the Philadelphia Athletics at Griffith Stadium and became the first sitting president 
to throw out the ceremonial first pitch from the mound rather than the stands. Nearly every president, except for Jimmy Carter, has followed the tradition at least once while in office. Twelve presidents have thrown out the first pitch of the MLB season, the latest happening exactly 100 years later when Barack Obama threw the first pitch at a Washington Nationals game. For that, here's sounds from the past. Today, with great pride, we continue this historic and monumental tradition. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the 44th President of the United States, Barack Obama, who will be throwing out the ceremonial first pitch. Escorting him to the line is national owner Ted Lerner and the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Bud Selig. Catching the pitch will be third baseman Ryan Zimmerman. George W. Bush, former owner of the Texas Rangers, has thrown out more ceremonial first pitches than any president. Now, President Trump has yet to throw a ceremonial first pitch, but had done so for minor league games prior to taking office. As for this season, the Nationals did not invite the president to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. Instead, the team announced that Dr. Anthony Fauci will hold the honor in the Nats opener against the New York Yankees. Dr. Fauci is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He has been the leading voice during the COVID-19 pandemic and happens to be a big fan of the Nationals. Next, we head forward to April 13, 1926. Fans almost got a two-for-one opening day special when the Washington Senators and the Philadelphia A's opened the baseball season with a 15-inning marathon. While the longest opening day game in baseball history was a 16-inning battle between the Indians and the Blue Jays on April 5th of 2012, what made this 15-inning opening day so remarkable was that the two starting pitchers, Walter Johnson and Eddie Rommel, were on the mound for the entire game for a true pitcher's duel. Johnson, known as the Big Train, struck out 12 batters in a six-hitter for the Senators, while the A's knuckleballer Rommel surrendered nine hits and walked five. Walter Johnson was a definitive opening day ace. He took the mound for 14 season opening starts, going nine and five with 12 complete games. Three of those games went into extra innings. Seven of his nine victories were shutouts and he struck out 82 batters in his 124 innings pitched. Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Feller was nicknamed the heater from Van Meter. It was said he threw as hard as 120 miles per hour. Now this was before the invention of the radar gun, but I certainly won't be the one that denies the tale. But he did get clocked one day using Army Ordnance Equipment. So how fast did he throw? Gun of the baseball world, Bob Feller, pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, takes time off in the nation's capital to demonstrate his cannonball delivery. It is recorded by the Army Ordnance Department's Lumaline chronograph, installed in the framework between Feller and the catcher. 
The setup was designed to test the velocity of shells during the war. Photoelectric cells register the unbelievable delivery of the ball, which rockets along at a world's record speed of 98 and 6 tenths miles per hour. It looks like it's done with mirrors, but it's just the old maestro. Now, what can't be denied is that Feller threw three no-hitters in his career. And one happened on opening day, April 16, in 1940, at the original Comiskey Park. It was a rather blustery day in the Windy City. While tossing the ball for the Cleveland Indians, 21-year-old Bob Feller held the White Sox hitless, allowing five walks and striking out eight. His no-no remains the only one thrown on opening day in MLB history. Feller was an eight-time All-Star and had won 266 games. It's likely he would have achieved the 300-win mark had he not lost three years to World War II. After Pearl Harbor, Feller enlisted and told the military he didn't want a stateside job. He wanted to serve on the front lines. Next, we turn back the clocks to April 18, 1923, for a moment that stood out for the man, the myth, the legend. The Sultan of Swat! The King of Crash! The Colossus of Clout! The Colossus of Clout! Babe Ruth! The Great Bambino! Before the grand opening of the original Yankee Stadium, Babe Ruth said, I'd give a year of my life if I could hit a home run on opening day of this great new park. Well, the babe delivered. He christened the ballpark by crushing a three-run bomb to the right field bleachers, leading the Bronx Bombers to a 4-1 victory over their rival Red Sox. It was known as the house that Ruth built. The Bambina would go on to knock 259 home runs in his home park. The Sultan of Swat finished his baseball career with 714 career home runs a number that would be matched 51 years later. April 4th, 1974. Hank Aaron and the Atlanta Braves were opening the season against the Reds at Cincinnati's Riverfront Stadium. Hammer and Hank Aaron finished the 1973 season just one home run shy of Babe Ruth's all-time record. But baseball fans didn't have to wait long to see the hammer tie the Bambino. 3-1 pitch. There's a drive into left field. That ball is going, going, and out of here. Henry Aaron has just tied Babe Ruth in the all-time home run parade. Crowd is up. As you would expect, a standing ovation. His teammates are there to greet him. A three-run blast by Henry Aaron has tied the great Babe Ruth. The record they said that couldn't be reached has just been reached by Henry Aaron. He picked on a 3-1 Jack Billingham pitch, and here it is again. There wasn't much doubt. Pete Rose, I think, knew it was gone the minute it was hit. He starts back, but he knows that it's going to be over him, and Rose, who usually runs right to the fence, and now another ovation for Aaron. As you see it go out of the park again on instant replay, the crowd has given Aaron a tremendous ovation here. 714 has been hit. 
The last time that a home run by that number was hit was on May 25th at Pittsburgh, of course, by Babe Ruth. His last home run. Nobody knew that. There was not much flourish when the Bambino did it because they were used to his record. Vice President of the United States, Gerald speaking now. Good luck for 715 and a good many more. It's a great day for you. It's a great day for baseball. Hope you'll hit 715 and a good many more. Now the commissioner of baseball, Bowie Kuhn. To Henry Aaron, on behalf of all of professional baseball, my great honor sent him this trophy, symbolic of having tied what many concede to be the greatest record in baseball. And it is a particularly proud moment to salute this particular man because he is not only one of the great professionals who has ever played this game, but one of the great gentlemen who has. Congratulations, Henry. He would break the record four days later against the Dodgers. Hank Aaron finished his Hall of Fame career with 755 home runs. We move forward one year later, April 8, 1975. Frank Robinson, at age 39, debuted as the first African-American manager in Major League history. More than 56,000 fans were in the stands to see the rookie skipper. But it's a scenario you're unlikely to see in modern baseball. Still on the Cleveland Indians' active roster, Robinson was a player manager for the team. He decided to play himself against the New York Yankees, batting second as a designated hitter. But it didn't take long for the crowd to get on its feet. In his first at-bat, the judge stepped up to the plate against the righty Doc Medic and crushed a 2-2 fastball over the left field wall. Opening day, 1975. In Cleveland, 50,000 fans were in the stands to see the debut of the Indians' rookie pilot, Frank Robinson. Major League Baseball's first black manager. But the two-league MVP winner is not there to make history. He's out there to play baseball. Designated hitter Robinson helps manager Robinson win his first ball game with a home run and his first time at bat. How about that? The Indians went on to beat the Yankees 5-3. Robinson tallied eight career opening day home runs, the most in baseball history, a feat that he shares with Ken Griffey Jr., that victory was the first of his 1,065 wins in his 16 years as a manager. Frank Robinson was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1982 with 586 home runs, two MVP awards, and a triple crown. While that opening day was a significant moment in baseball history, there was one opening day before that that changed the game forever. And this one included another Robinson. Every game has its heroes. One of them certainly was Robinson, who delivered the big hit. Robinson gets the first hit off four. It's a homer into the left field stand. And here comes Robinson, trying to steal home. He's safe, says the ump. He's out, says Yogi Berra. And brother is Yogi Hoppin. Jackie Robinson steps in against Ford. Deep into left center, Irv Noren races after Robinson's blast. Jackie really teed off on Ford. Here comes the relay. Jackie slides, he's safe. April 15, 1947, 
is the day baseball changed forever. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier by playing first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers, becoming the first African-American player to step foot on the diamond in Major League Baseball. After being discharged from the Army in 1944, Robinson began playing professionally in the Negro Leagues, but soon caught the eye of Brooklyn Dodgers president, Branch Rickey. Robinson made his debut in front of a crowd of more than 26,000. 14,000 were black. In the beginning of his career, some teammates objected to Robinson joining the team. Teams threatened to sit out, and people in the crowd often jeered, throwing racial slurs his way and even threatening his family. Despite all the harassment and abuse, Robinson persevered and was named Rookie of the Year that season. It was that iconic opening day moment that ended approximately 80 years of baseball segregation. In his decade-long career, Robinson proved to be one of the game's most talented and exciting players to watch, helping lead the Dodgers to six pennants and a World Series championship. But he received the ultimate honor in 1962, when he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. First, let me say how much of a thrill it is to be coming into the Hall of Fame with Bob Feller, Mr. McKechnie, and Mr. Rouse. I feel quite inadequate here this afternoon, or this morning. I think a lot of this has been eliminated because today it, it seems that everything is complete. First of all, I want you to know that this honor that was brought upon me here could not have happened without the great work and the advice and guidance that I've had from three of the most wonderful people that I know. And if either of them weren't here today, I know that this day could not be complete. But they're all here, and I, I just hope you don't mind if I just pay a, a word of thanks and a, a tribute to my advisor and a wonderful friend, a man who I considered a father, Mr. Branch Rickey, and my mother who taught me so much of the important things early in life. I appreciate no end. My mother, Mrs. Robinson, and lastly, ladies and gentlemen, my wife who has been such a wonderful inspiration to me and the person who has guided and advised me throughout our entire marriage. I, I couldn't have been here today without her help. And sitting down, I must thank the baseball writers. I never thought at all that I would have this wonderful honor coming to me so early in my lifetime. And to have the writers to elect me on the first time is a thrill that I shall never forget. We have been up in cloud nine since the election. I don't ever think I'll come down. But I want to thank all of the people throughout this country who were just so wonderful during those trying days. I appreciate it no end. It's the greatest honor any person could have. And I only hope that I'll be able to live up to this tremendously fine honor. It's, it's something that I think those of us who are fortunate again must use in order to help others because it's such a tremendous honor that we should be able to go out and do things to help. I'm just grateful and I'm sorry for taking so long, but I just wanted you to know I appreciate it so much. Thank you. He died 10 years later in 1972. In 1997, baseball retired his uniform number 42 across all major league teams the first pro athlete in any sport to receive that honor. Then in 2004, former Commissioner Bud Selig announced the league would commemorate the day Jackie Robinson made his major league debut on April 15th 
by having all teams and umpires wear the number 42. We celebrate this iconic occasion because of what it meant not only to baseball, but to the world. Bud Selig actually said it best on the first Jackie Robinson Day. Throughout its long history, Major League Baseball has operated under the premise that no single person is bigger than the game. No single person other than Jackie Robinson. In his life and in the remarkable legacy he left for all Americans, Jackie Robinson was and remains bigger than the game. Jackie's entry into Major League Baseball 50 years ago today will forever remain baseball's proudest moment. This evening, we are paying tribute to Jackie for his great achievements and the significant contributions he made to society, all of which helped make our country a better place. In honor of Jackie, Major League Baseball is taking the unprecedented step of retiring his uniform number, number 42, in perpetuity. And it certainly will never be forgotten. And this is just a reminder of why we love the sport and why it has continued for more than a century and will continue on for generations to come. Baseball has been called America's pastime. There's something truly magical about the start of a new season. While this season will be different from any other, one thing is for sure. Baseball is sure to bring forth many new moments that will go down in the history books. So now I ask you, what's your favorite opening day moment? Was there a game that impacted you personally? Or maybe one that you watched in the stands with your favorite player? Let me know by reaching out on Twitter and Instagram with the hashtag SportsTimeMachine. And remember to share with me on Twitter at Anna Kagaraikis. That's K-A-G-A-R-A-K-I-S. Some other interesting events also happen on July 23rd. Here's a few things that were either invented or patented on July 23rd in history. In 1829, American scientist and inventor William Austin Burt patented America's first topographer or typewriter. The mechanism was operated by hand, and people had to actually press down on their letter and made an impression on a piece of paper with actual ink. While William Austin Burt may not be a household name, that keyboard on your laptop and that keypad on your iPhone, it would not have been possible without that first topographer. Unfortunately, his invention was too far ahead to get much love. In 1893, Burt's great-grandson Austin built a working model of the topographer for the 1893 Chicago World's Columbian Exhibition. He displayed it there, and the model is now housed in the Smithsonian Institution. In 1872, African-American inventor Elijah McCoy was granted a patent for an automatic lubricator for oiling the steam engines of locomotives and ships. Now, those lubricators enabled trains to run faster and more profitably with less need to stop for lubrication and maintenance. McCoy continued to design and refine devices, and 50 of his patents actually dealt with lubricating systems. Booker T. Washington recognized him as having produced more patents than any other black inventor up to that time. And have you ever heard the saying, the real McCoy? This popular expression, which typically means the real thing, 
looks to have been attributed to Elijah McCoy's oil drip cup invention. There's a theory out there that railroad engineers were looking to avoid inferior copies and would actually request it by name and would ask if a locomotive was actually fitted with the real McCoy system. The theory is actually mentioned in Elijah McCoy's biography at the National Inventors Hall of Fame. What summer without ice cream? The ice cream cone, or walkaway cone, made its debut at the World's Fair in St. Louis back in 1904. Charles E. Metches supposedly came up with the idea by filling a pastry cone with two scoops of ice cream. And finally, while not quite an invention, but a collaboration, 10 years ago, the group One Direction was formed during the X Factor show. The group has since won 200 awards, including seven Brit Awards, four MTV Video Music Awards, six Billboard Music Awards, seven American Music Awards, including Artist of the Year in 2014 and 2015. Also adding to that, 2018 Choice Awards. In 2003, they earned an estimated $75 million, becoming the second highest earning celebrity under 30 years of age, according to Forbes. Now you can see how the boy band will celebrate their 10-year anniversary on their social media page with their hashtag 10 years of 1D. So we'll see what surprises the fellows have in store. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you again for listening to Sports Time Machine. Again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate Sports Time Machine on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Anna Kagarakis and on Instagram at Anna Kags. And finally, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Enjoy the start of the new baseball season, and I hope it brings a little joy during a tough time. Thanks again for heading down memory lane with me. I'm Anna Kagarakis, and we'll talk soon. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.